Hey everybody, I'm Alec, and this is Scandal 101. Hello, how are you doing? I hope that your week has been good up until this Friday, and I hope that the last day of your work week goes really well. I have had a pretty good week so far. I'm getting ready to spend the weekend with some family, and I'm super excited to see everybody. We are also getting ready to celebrate my sister's graduation from high school, so congratulations. Woohoo! Graduating high school is an awesome, uh, what am I trying to say? achievement. There we go. It's an awesome achievement, and I'm excited to see where she goes from here. One thing I saw in the news last week that I did not talk about in last week's episodes because I recorded them earlier than when this happened was that Bill Cosby was released, and it was interesting to see why that decision was made. I read an article, and it had a good quote in it that I just kind of want to leave this topic with. It said, essentially along the lines that just because Bill Cosby was released from prison does not mean he is innocent and it does not erase what he did in the past. Moving on from that heavy topic, I just want to remind you before we dive into our episode this week that you can find the show notes for this episode and all of the sources at scandal101podcast.podbean.com. With that being said, that brings us into our topic this week, which is the music industry scandal of Millie Vanilli. Like the other scandals I have covered, I knew the gist of this one, and when I looked into it, I learned a lot, and I realized that the preconceived notions that I had about this case were pretty incorrect, and it made me have a lot of sympathy for the people who were kind of publicly shamed because of this. The group Milli Vanilli was made up publicly of two people, Robert or Rob Pilatus and Fabrice or Fab Morvan. I found in a couple of sources that Fabrice's name was pronounced Fab, so that's how I'm going to go throughout the rest of the episode pronouncing it. Rob was born on June 8, 1964 in New York, New York, to a father who was a soldier and a mother who was a stripper. He was put up for adoption in Munich, Germany. There wasn't really any information on how he ended up in Munich, Germany. I'm just assuming his father was stationed over there. And he was eventually adopted and grew up in Germany. Unfortunately, while growing up in Germany, he said that he felt like an outsider because of his skin color, and that when I hear that, it always just makes me so sad because as a white male, I will never understand what people of color experience because of their skin color. I can sympathize and I can try to understand, but that is something that I will never be able to fully comprehend. And it it's just so unfortunate that people have to deal with that. And when I say deal with that, I want it to be clear that in no way is it their fault. It is completely the fault of the buttheads that choose to pick on people because of the way they look. Eventually, at the age of 14, he ran away from home, and he tried a couple things such as DJing and modeling, but nothing really worked out in those arenas, so he ended up becoming a champion breakdancer. And that is always impressive to me because when I dance, it looks like a broken robot. But, like, not the robot dance. I just look like a, maybe like a mannequin dancing. That's a good, that's a good metaphor for what I look like. 
The other member of this group was named Fab, and he was born on May 14, 1966, in Paris, France. His father was an architect, and his mother was a pharmacist. He wanted to be a trampoline athlete, but unfortunately at a young age suffered a pretty bad neck injury, and so he had to change his future plans. One thing I found in one of my sources was that he moved to his grandpa's to develop his musical talent. I only found that in one of my sources, so I don't know if that for sure happened, but either way, he did have musical talent. Eventually, these two men link up. Where they link up, I have no idea because in all of my sources, it said a different place. One said that they met at a nightclub in Germany. One said that they met when Rob was in the States for a breakdancing competition. And one said that they met in LA. Where they met, who really knows, but they did end up meeting at some point, and that starts the story of Millie Vanilli. After the two had met, they were living in a housing project with not a lot of money in Munich, Germany, when they were noticed by German music producer Frank Farian. Frank Farian had heard the song Girl You Know It's True by a band named Newmarks from Baltimore, and he liked the song, but he thought it could be a bigger hit than it already was. He recruited some vocalists, including Charles Shaw, to sing the song, Girl You Know It's True. Some of the other vocalists on the track were John Davis, Brad Howell, and twin sisters Jody and Linda Rocco. Different sources I read said that Charles Shaw was paid anywhere between six dollars and $12,000 to sing the song. I couldn't really find numbers on how much the other artists were paid to re-sing that song. After Frank redid the song, it was pretty successful in Europe, and now that he had the vocals behind the song, he needed a face for the song. Because, according to some of my sources, it was said that while the group who sang the song had really good sound and vibed well, in like the studio, they didn't have the right look to sell the song. And that is where Rob and Fab come into the picture. They were discovered by Frank. I don't really know how I couldn't find an exact way they were discovered by Frank, but they were discovered by him and the three of them linked up. One thing that's also hard to find is how the name Millie Vanilli came to be because there's not really an exact origin of that name. Some sources said that it was inspired by Frank's girlfriend's name at the time. Some sources say that it was a defunct disco club in Berlin. And some say that it comes from a saying in the Turkish language, but a lot of people kind of discredit that because the word vanilli doesn't mean anything in Turkish. Who really knows, but the name Milli Vanilli was decided upon after these men were discovered. Looking back, Fab said that he didn't know what the two of them, him and Rob, were getting into. He told Vlad TV that, quote, we walked into a trap not knowing it was a trap. Fab said originally the song Girl You Know It's True was presented only as an instrumental track and it was assumed that him and Rob were going to provide the vocals for the track. And as we can remember, Charles Shaw and those other artists had already recorded the song so it was kind of a dirty dealing that I could find in my sources that it kind of seemed like the two of them were blindsided and maybe taken a little advantage of because they had the right look, they didn't have a lot of money, and this was a good opportunity for them. However, Frank, the music producer, said that even though the two of them said they could sing, quote, I've never heard such a bad singer when he was describing Rob. So I don't really know how much Fab and Rob knew. What they conveyed to the public was that it was a trap and they didn't really know what was going on when it started. And that's what I could find more of when I was doing my research rather than they knew what was going on when they started and signed up. 
Fab said that it was only after they had signed a contract that they realized they were only going to be lip-syncing songs that were already sung, and they had become indebted to Frank because the money they had received from signing the contract, they had gone out and spent on clothing and their um, iconic hair extensions, so they were already in debt to Frank, and it was too late to back out of the contract. Even though it wasn't what they expected, and even though the two of them felt kind of blindsided, Fab said that one thing he kept thinking to himself when they were starting out was that, you know, oh, it's okay, we're just going to be performing at some clubs and some, like, disco nightclubs, it's not going to be that big of a deal. What he didn't know was just how successful Millie Vanilli was going to become. In 1988, they released an album titled All or Nothing, and it was released only in Europe. On this album was the song Girl You Know It's True, which was the pre-recorded song, but had Fab and Rob as the cover for the music video and the album and all of the public appearances, and the song went number one in Germany, and because of the success the group was having, it earned them a deal with Arista Records in the United States. After being picked up by Arista Records, the album All or Nothing was repackaged and re-released in the United States, and it was titled Girl You Know It's True on March 7th, 1989, and this album had major success. The album went platinum six times in the United States alone. While I was doing research for this podcast, I went and watched some of their music videos, and they're pretty cool. They have some unique style choices, and it's definitely just fun to watch and listen to the music as well. Some of the hit songs released by Millie Vanilli were Blame It on the Rain, which I didn't know was a Millie Vanilli song, and when I was doing research, I was like, oh my gosh, I love that song. Um, the other songs were Girl You Know It's True, Girl I'm Gonna Miss You, and Baby Don't Forget My Number. Those were four of their big, big hits. With Millie Vanilli growing more successful, people wanted more content from them, such as exclusive interviews and just news interviews with them. The problem was that both of them had really, really heavy accents, and the accents made it kind of obvious that it didn't really seem like it was possible that these two men sang the songs that everyone was listening to on the radio and watching their music videos. After this whole thing broke, Fab told the LA Times that when they would do interviews, the people conducting the interviews would be like, no way, how could these guys have sung the songs after hearing Rob's German or Fab's really heavy French accent. It was becoming such an issue... <sighs> I don't know, issue isn't the right word because having an accent isn't an issue, but it was a problem when you're trying to lip sync. It was an issue for this scenario. But them having an accent was becoming such an issue that Arista Records had apparently hired dialect specialists to help the two try to have better pronunciation of some words. Millie Vanilli's producer at Arista Records, his name was Robert Weger, and he said that some of the words that Fab could not pronounce, such as miss, he said that, quote, he had a pretty thick French slash Guadalupean accent, so on the song Girl, I'm Gonna Miss You, he couldn't say the word miss, he would say the word mis. Despite them having heavy accents, they were having huge, huge success. But, like all good things, they must come to an end. In 1989, Millie Vanilli was on a tour called Club MTV, and apparently one thing I watched in one of my sources was it was really common for people to lip-sync back during that time, but the difference between Millie Vanilli and these other artists was it was usually the artist's voice behind the lip-syncing, and in Millie Vanilli's case, it was not their voices at all. Lip-syncing is something that I have a huge, huge personal issue with because I understand that 
it is difficult for artists to sing concerts night after night. I'm sure that's a huge strain on your voice when you're singing for an hour and a half to two hours. I guess my thing is like, if I'm going to be spending however much money I spend on a concert ticket, I want to hear the person live because if I just wanted to see them lip sync, I could watch videos or I could just listen to the already studio recorded like version because why would I spend all this money to go watch a person not sing? Like, yes, there's production. Yes, there's lights and cool, you know, effects and whatever, but I'm paying to see the artists sing. So why would I just don't understand why artists choose to lip sync when they're a singer and people are coming to watch them sing. Anyway, they were on this tour called Club MTV, and they were going out and singing, quote-unquote, singing the song, Girl, You Know It's True. And during the main chorus, it kept looping. It kept looping on the phrase, Girl, You Know It's, over and over. The word true never came, which honestly, I think is kind of ironic when you look at this, like, there was no true or like truth to this scenario. <laughs> but yeah, it kept looping on Girl You Know It's just over and over again. There's a video of it. And one of the main problems with this was it was caught on MTV cameras and broadcasted everywhere because it was a club MTV tour. So of course they were going to promote it on MTV. When this happened, the two of them really didn't know what to do. And Rob just ran off stage when this happened. However, they were apparently convinced to go out and finish the show and one of the interviews I watched was that no one seemed to really care that was in the audience. They just like wanted the show to keep going on. So when they ran back on and finished the show, no one had really made a big deal of it. I can't remember which one of the two members of Millie Vanilli said this, but they said that when this happened, they realized it was the beginning of the end for Millie Vanilli. Even though this happened and it was caught on MTV and it was broadcasted and it was in front of like... 70,000 people or something crazy like that when it happened in Connecticut. They were still having a lot of success, such as they won Best New Artist at the Grammys in 1990. But as I said before, this was starting to fall apart. Charles Shaw, who was one of the real vocalists on the track Girl You Know It's True, and we talked about that back at the beginning, he apparently spoke out about the scandal and said that this is not real, this is kind of a scam, like you all are being tricked. He was apparently paid $150,000 by Frank, the music producer, to retract his statements. Because the two men in Millie Vanilli could kind of see this falling apart, they went to Frank and they demanded that they actually be able to sing on the next album because they felt like it was their turn to actually showcase the talent that the two of them had. Needless to say, there was a lot of tension between Frank and the two frontmen of Millie Vanilli. Quote, Farian blamed the duo's cocky attitude while the men blamed Farian for taking advantage of them. End quote. After this tense situation, Frank made a surprise announcement and admitted that the two faces of Millie Vanilli, Fab and Rob, did not sing any of Millie Vanilli's music, which is not a shock for us, but to everyone else in the world at the time, it was a huge, huge uproar. Rob and Fab countered with their own press conference saying that, quote, we were seduced, we were abused, and we felt very guilty, end quote. Like I said, there was a huge, huge uproar because of this news breaking. Arista Records dropped them from their label and a class action suit was filed. People in this class action suit claimed that basically they were tricked into spending their money on something that wasn't real. 
and people in the class action suit were reimbursed for buying the albums of Milli Vanilli as well as concert tickets. A week after the announcement, the Recording Academy revoked Milli Vanilli's Grammy, um, and Rob and Fab said that they were wanting to give back their Grammys even before the Recording Academy revoked it, and this was also the only time in history up to current day that a Grammy has been revoked. So essentially, Milli Vanilli was no more. There was, however, a third album titled The Moment of Truth, and it was released by a group called The Real Milli Vanilli in 1991, but it had limited release and it was not released in the US, UK, Australia, or Canada. So who is The Real Milli Vanilli, you might be asking yourself. Well, it was the actual voices behind Milli Vanilli. They got together, recorded an album, and released it as The Real Milli Vanilli, as well as they had two additional artists on the album. Like I said, the album had limited release. It was released in Germany, which is where Milli Vanilli kind of gained their success, but it got only to number 19 on the charts, so it really didn't have a lot of success. Rob and Fab did release a self-titled album in 1993, but unfortunately, it was a flop. They did also appear on the Arsenio Hall show to sing live in front of an audience. However, after that performance and the album flopping, they really didn't find, you know, success in the music industry. And that was the end, really, of Milli Vanilli. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to update you on the main people from the story because some of the updates on really Rob and Fab are interesting as well as sad. And then I'm going to also update you on Frank and Charles. First up is Rob. Unfortunately, he did not handle the downfall of Milli Vanilli well, and he just spun out of control. He served time in jail for breaking into a car, and he also assaulted two people and served time in jail for that. To cope with the downfall of Milli Vanilli, he started abusing drugs and alcohol, and he unfortunately was found deceased in Frankfurt on April 2nd, 1998, on a drug overdose. Frank, who was the music producer, said at the time of his death, quote, I'm totally shocked. He was full of optimism for the future. We intended to tape material for another album, end quote. Fab, the other half of Milli Vanilli, said that, quote, Rob Pilatus didn't do well with humiliation. Being punched every day in the public eye leaves marks. The only way he could deal with it, for him, was the addiction, end quote. While Rob has an unfortunate ending to his story, Fab has a little bit more of a positive outlook and a positive just move on from uh, Milli Vanilli. He branched off and has had a small solo career in the music industry. In 2003, he released a solo album titled Love Revolution. He has also worked as a motivational speaker. He DJs for Heineken functions in Amsterdam, and he also does EDM music. As for Frank, the music producer, I really couldn't find a whole lot on him. It, What I could find is that he produced music up until about 2008, and after that there really wasn't a whole lot I could find. He currently resides in Miami, Florida, and that's pretty much it that's out there on him. And last but not least, Charles Shaw, who was again one of the original singers, he was apparently arrested for embezzling money that was supposed to be used for a tour for the real Milli Vanilli. So I think that's I don't know, kind of interesting that Millie, Millie Vanilli faced their share of scandals with the lip syncing and, you know, not really recording any of their own music. But then Charles Shaw, who was one of the original voices, also had a scandal when they were 
participating in a group as the real Millie Vanilli. It was a different scandal, obviously, but it was still a scandal. One thing I want to really just kind of wrap up Millie Vanilli with is a quote that Fab said that I really like, and it ends on a positive note because, you know, Rob unfortunately passed away from a drug overdose. This whole Millie Vanilli scandal shed a dark light on the music industry, which has a lot of dark lights already, but it just was a huge negative thing. And this is kind of a positive ending to it. Fab said that, quote, when I heard the news of Rob's death, Everything went blank at that moment. Silence. It was like losing a part of myself. In order to honor him, and for myself, I said a vow that I would do my thing, and that I would make sure that the name Millie Vanilli itself means when you fall, you stand back up, and you move on. End quote. Like I said, I really like that quote just because it's a positive ending to a somewhat tragic tale and scandal, but also it's I really like it because Millie Vanilli, like I said at the beginning, no one really knows the origins of the name Millie Vanilli, and if this can be what Millie Vanilli means, I I really like that. And that concludes the music industry scandal of Millie Vanilli. I have a couple of my own thoughts that I want to discuss really quick. I kind of talked about it at the beginning, but I think, and this is just my opinion, I think that this case kind of shows a dark side of the music industry that people with resources can snatch up, I guess, I don't know if vulnerable is the right word, but Fab and Rob were really not at a financially stable and I would say good point in their life, and they were pretty heavily taken advantage of to help make Frank more money. And obviously, Rob and Fab made money in this, but the music producers make a lot of money and so I think this sheds a dark light on how people with some talent and, you know, not a, lot of, not a lot of resources can be taken advantage of. And I don't know what would have happened if they had been able to record their own voices. I don't know if they would have been successful as they were, but it just seems like it obviously Rob took it really hard and it's just unfortunate that Rob's life ended the way he did and essentially it started because they were you know as Fab says they were signed on under false pretenses. One of the dark lights of the music industry has really been shown recently with Britney Spears and it was unfortunate that the judge ruled against her to release her from I mean what some people call kind of her captivity. She said that she's not allowed to have kids, that she's essentially forced to have an IUD in her arm and she doesn't really have control over what she does. And I think it I mean there are a lot of good things that happen with the music industry. A lot of people find success in the music industry. A lot of people are able to thrive and succeed, but it's things like this that really just rub me the wrong way about the music industry like obviously these people have found success and they're probably a lot financially better well off than most average people are but if they're not happy with what they're doing or in the case of Britney Spears if they're literally kind of trapped in a lifestyle that they're not happy with that is not okay like they are still people they still have rights they still they still should be able to produce, you know, what they want 
and they should be able to do what makes them happy. And it's unfortunate that the industry really puts profits over people. And I know a lot of, I, I know a lot of industries do that. Like it's all about money. It's a huge, you know, it's always about money, but I think these two cases really highlight how people can be taken advantage of and be put in situations that they are not okay with or that they're not happy with for money and for attention and for fame. Sometimes I think the music industry can kind of be like an octopus where it just grips you tighter and tighter and tighter and finally when it lets you go it releases you in a black cloud of ink and you're kind of left in the dark and dirty and you're just kind of left for for rotten I guess. But yeah, that is the case of Millie Vanilli, and I just want to thank you for listening. I hope you found this case as interesting as I did. Like I said, with all of these cases, I knew the premise, and after doing research, I was kind of shocked with how much I didn't know about the case. If you want to keep up with the latest, go ahead and follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at Scandal101Podcast, on Twitter at Scandal101Pod. You can find us on Facebook if you search Scandal101Podcast. Like I said at the beginning, we have a website where you can find the show notes, you can listen on Podbean, and you can find the link to the link tree, which has all of the social media and all of the places you can listen to this podcast. That's also in all the social media sites. That website is scandal101podcast.podbean.com. If you like this episode, please leave a positive review. If there's something that maybe you didn't really like or you want to see done differently going forward, send me a message on the social media platforms. I also set up a Gmail for the podcast. It is scandal101podcast at gmail.com. Also, I would love to take your recommendations for scandals if you have any because my brain is only so big and I'm not going to know every scandal out there and I want to learn more. So if you have any scandals that you want me to look into, please let me know. I would love to look into them and do an episode about them. Again, thank you so much for listening and this has been episode four of Scandal 101.